Chapter 1 Life, if you're lucky, is long and strange. The words rattled through her head at will, the odd bits and pieces her brain chose to randomly cling to and re-air like a greatest hits album. Gloria once heard this mantra from a raspy-voiced, shaggy-haired guru at a squalid sit-in for women's rights when she was 17. Her best friend Dee was going through a phase. The guru was suspect. It was a small, sweaty, hairy crowd, and she'd listened raptly, her young mind soaking it in, these exciting, radical thoughts. The notion that one person could, would change the world. The smell of damp polyester and righteousness. That's what it had felt like then. Not so much like she might change the world, but maybe that someone around her, someone more organized, someone more tenacious, someone not planning on marrying and having a family and career, someone sitting to her right or left, their smeared eyeliner and unwashed clothes a testament to their feminine strength, their eyes riveted to the simultaneously old young face of the exotic man speaking. That someone would change the world, and Gloria would be nearby, watching triumphantly, reporting it, or maybe even talking about it on the evening news. And here she was, almost 50 years later, eavesdropping for something else to write about, having decided this small murder might be a worthy subject for her foray back into fiction. Focusing her eyes on her drink, she strained to overhear the officer's discussion a few stools down, shutting out the stream of chatter to her right. D, the stream of chatter, didn't seem to notice and went on with her tale of woe regarding one of her four interchangeable children who shared no less than three fathers, seven ex-spouses, two of those incarcerated, nine grandchildren with two active child custody disputes and inconsistent employment sprinkled throughout the mix. No goddamn head, I'm telling you. That drunk motherfucker took it off on a net. He ain't never finding it. I don't know why they waste their time searching for it. Damn shame, Dale commented, placing beers in front of the two men, one still sporting his blue uniform. I thought he was a private dick. Weren't nothing private about it, another patron slurred. Everyone within earshot laughed. Gloria made a discreet note in her small notebook scribbling furiously with a tiny pencil she'd requested earlier, no doubt stolen from the mini-golf place up the road. Dale turned back, grabbing the drink from Tiny's hand, placing it in front of Gloria as requested. The guy in the booth, the young one with the book, had quietly ordered it for her, his voice low and confident, hooded green eyes, honest-looking sort, if not unusually younger than his general clientele. Dale had never seen this kid before. Maybe he was visiting family or a college student from up the road. They did wander in here from time to time. This one seemed harmless enough. Tipped well, at least. Manners to spare. From the gentleman in the booth, Dale winked as he slid a second amaretto sour in front of her. The drink already in Gloria's hand was almost full. She looked dubiously at the glass Dale placed in front of her while tilting his head in the direction of the corner booth. Well, what have we here? Gloria inelegantly craned her head around, spotting a fairly handsome, very young man 
with floppy dark brown hair that fell to his shoulders unevenly. His heavy-lidded eyes intently focused on a paperback book, one knee folded up on the seat cushion. He sat alone, comfortably alone. Out of place here, she thought, pinching her lips together. He must have felt her bewildered gaze burning a hole through the top of his head because he looked up, raised his tumbler of scotch, and went back to his book with a smile. Or was that a smirk? That was definitely a smirk. Gloria spun back around in her seat with pinched features, sliding the drink back to Dale. You tell that ass-butt-face no thanks. I don't appreciate being made fun of. Gloria was discombobulated. She eyed the drink on the bar and the half-full drink in her hand, weighing the cost ratio to the psychiatric toll, and decided it wasn't worth it. She pulled her purse up from the floor and gathered her reading glasses back up, placing her phone into a side pocket and slapped a 20 down to pay for her drink. Oh, he's cute, Gloria. Just take the damn drink. Don't look a gift horse in its pouty mouth, Dee nudged her, rolling her eyes. Dee her oldest friend in the world, always there to encourage her to take the cheapest way out of every situation. They couldn't be more opposite. As Dee gloriously descended into a body lusty autumn of life, defiantly comfortable with her Rubenesque stature, a self-loving cherub with endless confidence born from an endless supply of willing paramours, Gloria could feel her once supple body drying up into a husk of elderly gristle. Had she reached a phase of life that invited ironic ridicule from hipsters? Not if she could help it. She had half a mind to march over and give that young thug a piece of her well-preserved mind. Oh, you aren't leaving, Dee cried. She pulled Gloria back down. Dee was making efficient strides on her third pina colada, and she was in no hurry to move her generous form from the warm, worn barstool. I'm tired, Gloria waved her off, stuffing her notebook into an oversized purse, which she pulled to her chest like a shield. She wanted to turn around and shoot the young man a dirty look, but she couldn't face his knowing smirk again. Dale returned after sliding a particularly intoxicated police officer another beer and shook his white head ruefully. I don't think the man meant insult, Glory, he frowned, pushing the twenty back to her, thinking he should have refused the kid's request. No charge, honey. Dee waved sullenly as Gloria struggled off the barstool, hitching her baggy capris back into place with a defiant tug. Well, thanks, Dale. Gloria took the 20 back, slipping it into one of her many pockets. Her eyes watered as she exited the bar. She blamed Dale mostly. What was he thinking? When that boy asked him to pass a poor, lonely, post-middle-aged woman a drink to mock her, he should have told him to fuck off, like a gentleman. When she was 12 and Dee was 13, they'd been helplessly besotted by 17-year-old Dale's long, flowing hair. Her older brother Carl ran around with him in high school before they both joined the army. As impressionable young girls, she and Dee did everything they could to hang out with Carl and Dale and their high school friends. Since then, Dee had been married four times, most recently to Dale. And that sad liaison took place well over 25 years ago and only lasted nine months right up until they both realized they hated one another's children so much it wasn't worth the fading passion and parted as friends. One might think that that would make things at one of the few bars in town awkward, but it hadn't. And sometimes, their shared history earned them free drinks. Free drinks.